ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 91, Trends in Online Business. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm here with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Jenny. Hi, everybody. When you're listening to this episode, Sandy will be in France. <laughs> ah, that's but so true. As of right now, in this real present moment of recording, she is not. <laughs> so let's all be wishing Sandy well and sending her positive vibes across the ocean to yeah, enjoy so awesome. her holiday. Okay. So in this episode, we want to talk about some of the trends that we've been seeing take place in the online space over the past three to six months or so. Some of these things you probably have been noticing as well, and others we maybe are noticing and you're not because we're hyper obsessively focused <laughs> on what's going on on the internet because of our business. Our little bubble. Our little filter bubble that we live in. So we have a handful of trends. Sandy, you want to just sort of go, th- let's just sort of name what they are and then we can dive into them in a little bit more context as we go. Sure. So we have four different trends we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about email marketing and what's changed, live video, longer form blogging, and the trend of combining analog and digital offerings. Yes, so, exactly. Email marketing. Yeah, you've heard us talk about this, some of these trends already just in the context of other podcast episodes, but we wanted to sort of isolate them here. And I think it will be fun to listen to this podcast in six or 12 months to see (laughs) what were we talking about? How much of this is actually relevant or how much it's already shifted or whether we are prophetic and seeing the future. (laughs) So we can be the judge later on. Maybe we'll do another trends episode in December and see how accurate we were. So the first trend, as Sandy said, is really around email marketing. And we have seen some major shifts taking place I mean, our email marketing tool, ConvertKit, has just rebranded to be called Seva, and they've made a whole bunch of changes to the platform as well. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. We're wanting to talk about just the ways in which we email our audience and the strategies that are becoming more and more popular about how to stay connected to your fans, followers, and audience through email marketing. Yeah. So the traditional advice was to grow your email list because because that's what you own. And I think that's still true. And then the advice was to email them a lot. So like an, a weekly newsletter or maybe... Or daily. I mean, there's a lot, daily, there are a lot times, of people yeah. who advocate email, sending daily emails to your list. 
And the thinking was like to train them to open your emails, to train them to listen to your voice. And I think that is absolutely changing. And it's almost the opposite. It's it's now, it's more email when you have something of value to say. Don't irritate, don't add to the noise, don't annoy. And that's definitely something we've seen with our own email list that we have backed way off in the number, the frequency that we email. Yeah, for a couple of years, we had a weekly newsletter and it was really core to the operating of our business. Sometimes I really miss it. We still send out a newsletter, but it's more monthly or occasionally at this point. We may get rid of it altogether, although I doubt that for various reasons. But it just, it's gotten to the point where so many businesses have taken up email marketing that we're all, as human beings, doing work on the internet or even like living in this society, we're all inundated with, with messages all the time. And so if you're sending a message every day or even every week that's just an update or here's a link to my blog post or here's a link to my podcast, then you get to the point where when you have something to say, people are already tuning you out. So rather than training them to listen to you, you've been training them to tune you out. And that just makes sense, right? As the culture becomes more noisy online, we have to make sure that what we're actually saying is something of value. And that's not to say you can't message or email every day. I certainly enjoy my RSS feed from Seth Godin every single day. And I don't, if I miss it, actually, he has a whole theory about this, like make sure you're doing work so that you're missed if you don't show up or you're missed when you're gone, right? So if, if I don't see a blog post coming out from Seth Godin every day, I actually notice it. But most people are not Seth Godin, right? And so we have to make sure that when we're sending an email out to someone that they in fact want to receive it, then it's not just providing more background noise in their lives. Yeah. So I think for our listeners, I would just start to think about the frequency that you're sending and what it, what the content is. And I would not send something just for the sake of sending it and appearing frequently in someone's inbox. I think that whole thinking needs to shift. And so it's like when you really have something important to say, then yes, send an email. But if you don't, then, you know, I think it's okay to be less frequent. And Jenny, you wanted to talk too about the aesthetics of email. Yeah, I do. I actually, so there was this really big push maybe 18 months ago or two years ago within the email marketing community, within people doing online business or any kind of e-commerce business. There was this really big push to transition away from beautiful, graphically interesting kinds of stylized emails, the kind that you're used to seeing come from people using MailChimp, for example, to switch to more plain text emails because... The theory was and the evidence and data was showing that people were more likely to open and read emails that looked like they were coming from a friend. I just have to say, I never bought into this because you I fought can it. always fought it. Yep. I can tell it's not from my friend. That is not my friend's name, you know, in the from line in my inbox. And I don't want to read an email that's, you know, black and white in paragraph form unless it's something I'm waiting on or expecting or looking for, right? So for the most part, if I'm going to read somebody's email campaign, it's going to be because it's aesthetically interesting to me that it's broken up into sections, that there's the color involved or photos or graphics, that it's going to, I can look easily scan the message and find the section I want to look at. And so I have fought this forever. And I've gone like head to head with some of the biggest people in online business and said like, no, this is not right. And maybe your data is right. And maybe it's right for men of a certain age group or a certain demographic. But people in our audience, myself included, people in our demographic, like I don't want to read a plain text email. 
Yeah, I think the key for me is that people can scan it and get the message. And if it's just uh, paragraphs of black and white, boring font text, then I just delete it. Like I just pages of text, I just delete. So I enjoy or I will scan the emails that have different sized font, a little bit of color, a couple of images. That's personally what I what attracts attracts my eye. So I agree with you. And I think we're even playing around with putting gifts in email too, which we would never do a year ago. I wouldn't have allowed it. Well, but but if we were following the rules, we wouldn't have done it. But now it's just like an eye-catching thing and, you're in, and I think they're funny and they show humor and they show personality. So, And that has worked really well for us in the last yeah. couple. Very sporadically and only if, if it makes sense. Like you don't want to overwhelm people with nonsense no, either. it can be irritating. Yeah. And I think so the overall trend that we're seeing is that there's a push to make email more intentional. So really sending email, like Sandy said, when you have something to say, and then also being intentional about the design and how much content and what kind of content you're putting out and making sure that you're sending it to the right people, like the right message to the right people. So that may mean segmenting your list, which is not a new concept. So if you have multiple audiences that you serve, like say, for example, you're a yoga teacher and you offer products and services to other teachers, maybe you're a master level teacher, but then you also sell courses and programs or a membership to the general public, to your students, like you want to make sure that you're not sending those people the exact same messages, right? So there there are things you can do in just about any email service provider to start to segment and separate those people out or tag them. And it's important to do that, I think, because when you're sending people irrelevant information, they're more likely to either A, unsubscribe or B, not read the next thing you send them. You know, that's just basically what we see going on with email marketing. But I think it's pretty important. I mean, these subtle shifts matter. Design matters. We get a lot of feedback on the design of our newsletter, even though we don't send it every week anymore. We have a structure to it. There's a section that's an an intro letter. There's a section where we reference a recent blog post. There's a section where we call out a recent podcast episode and have a graphic of it. And then there's a joy and a hustle section and uh, or things we love, which is basically our joy and hustle section. And so people can like a lot of people, I think, just read our newsletter to grab the joy and hustle or our recommendations for products or organizations to support. And that's fine. They know to look down at that section. They don't have to read the, the welcome letter if they don't want to. So just think about what you can be doing in your own email marketing to make sure that you're reaching the right people with the right message in a way that visually appeals to them. Right on. Okay, next point, next trend, live video. Live video continues to be super, super important to building a business, to building a brand. And we've seen it just recently with the launch of IGTV or Instagram TV. So basically, Instagram is now photos and then stories, and then now IGTV. So I don't think this trend is going away. I think we all need to start getting very comfortable on video. I really think it's part of showing up and embodying your brand and really being visible. In addition to putting photos of yourself out there, it's in your life, it's also hearing you speak and seeing you in your environment. There's a whole other level to that. And I think with stories, people are using that really well with some of the the video that you can put on stories and just being a little bit more candid, a little bit more casual. It's not all, you know, formally filmed, you know, proper advertising video. So I think this continues and we really need to, all of us need to get used to and comfortable speaking on video. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. 
go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. Yeah, I see this as a larger trend where as humans, we're working to make technology more like regular life, more like analog life. And we'll talk about this point again later. But when you're on video, that's the closest thing, I think, through a computer or through a screen or a phone. It's the closest thing to real life. And so, of course, that's the direction technology is going. We're trying to use technology to mimic real life as much as possible because that's where humans connect to each other. So I just think that there are some deeper seated psychological reasons for why this is so important and why this works. I will also say you were talking specifically about Instagram, Sandy, but I think this is across the board, this trend, including in paid products. We've built an entire integration, obviously, around live streaming, and we just built an integration now with Zoom. And this is because this is what people are asking for. Like Our clients' clients are asking for more of this. Like I want to not only see you, I want to see the other people in our workshop or in our group or in our class or in our membership, whatever it is. And I think there's this this increasing drive on the part of anyone participating in technology to want to almost see and touch and smell, like to have a sensory experience, even though those things are not all possible through video. It's as close as we can get right now with the current technology. Yeah. And I think over and over, we hear stories of it's converting better when you tell your story on video versus just a a straight up graphic, right? And so, yeah, I think that's a really good point, Jenny, that it's as close to real life as you can get on, on a screen. Yeah, for now. Just wait for the next trends in like 10 years when we're talking about like teleportation or sensory TV. We'll see what happens. It's kind of terrifying, actually. Okay. And then the third trend we're noticing and wanting to talk more about is longer form content. And so rather than blogging more frequently, which used to be highly rewarded by search engines to blog, if you were blogging three times a day, back when I started blogging more than a decade ago, that was what was considered normal or best practices because you wanted to be indexed by search engines by Google as much as possible. So just doesn't matter. Just like blog about what you ate for lunch. Like just blog about something. Just be there. Talk about how you went to the craft store and got these new dowels to make a project. Like just blog, 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 put the content there. And now we are having an entire reversal on that where the internet again is more and more crowded. And so what's performing well are more comprehensive, longer form blog posts. So blogging less frequently than before if it means you're able to be more comprehensive, 2,000, 3,000 word posts. And we have an entire Office Hours episode on epic blog posts, which you can go and listen to. But we just wanted to highlight that point here in our trends because we only see this trend growing. Mm -hmm. And it's the same point as the email. It's you put out less, but what you do put out is you know, higher quality, better content. And it to me, it's almost like a respectful thing to do. Like if you are going to come and look at my blog, or you're going to find your way over to my website and read my blog, I am going to give you my best content. It's going to be in-depth. It's going to be comprehensive. And it's like, here you go. I'm going to deliver this material to you. And it's going to be everything you need to know in one blog post, as opposed to just like, just the quantity over quality, right? So I think it's very similar to the email point. It's less frequent, 
but you know, very, very worthwhile content. Absolutely. People don't want to feel like they're being tricked to get to your website, like that somehow you loaded your little blog post with the right keywords and now somebody typed in a question in Google and they clicked your, just your post and they get some fluff and they you didn't really answer their question or help them solve that problem. That's no good because they're less likely to ever click on any link that goes back to your site ever again. So just make sure for blogging purposes that you're you know putting something helpful out into the world. And feel free to have your call to action on that blog post, right? Like this isn't like there is an action that you're asking, you're giving all this content. And then, you know, make sure that you have a sign up for an opt in or whatever it is that you're doing. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just one way. Absolutely. All right. Okay. And the final trend we want to talk about today is my favorite trend, which is the combination we're seeing between analog and digital offerings or analog and digital life. I think that this is the sweet spot of modern society where technology and humanity converge. It's also a place of extreme danger if not done well. But this is what is we're seeing sell on our platform. This is what our teachers are selling and this is what we're able to sell. So when we have a passive product like our passive Soulful MBA course and there's no interaction with us or there's no ability to talk to us or interact with us or use one of our other products, like that doesn't sell as well as if we've bundled it with our strategy call or strategy or our, our us actually showing up as real people in that product. It's the same thing for our software. We have chatbot that's actually us on our, our website. And when we are interacting with people about like answering questions about Namastream, for example, people are really excited that they can type a question and get a response, not from an AI robot, but from a real human being who's a founder of a company. And I think that there there's something magical there. And I couldn't sit here at a phone and wait for people to call me all day, but I can be working. And then if somebody beep pops up a question, I can, you know, turn my attention to that or take two hours a day that I can allocate towards answering those questions. So, you know, there's a real danger with letting those kinds of technologies distract you to the point that you get nothing done. But there's also a great value in providing human touch through technology. I think the trend was that uh, when certainly when all the 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 trend of online courses came out, people were making these courses and they were, you know, did sort of front loaded the work, made the course, put it up there and just waited for this passive income to come in. They would not have to really interact with those students. It was just sort of hands off. And so I think it's come, it sort of swung the other way where students no longer just want pre-recorded content. They want access to the expert, to the teacher, to you. And so I would encourage you, if you're looking at courses or online um, teaching in some whatever format, that you consider having an option where people can actually talk to you for the reasons that Jenny just explained. So is that a different tier where they can have some one-on-one calls with you or a group coaching part of the course or membership? It just feels like people want to have real human contact or real conversations in real time. So whether that's over Zoom or other technology, but it's it's live. It may not be physically in the same room together, but you are talking in real time. Mm -hmm. I want to point out that we have our own microcosm here to give reference to this idea with our digital products in our community. So we can talk about it with respect to Novastream and Soulful MBA and what our clients are doing and what we're doing. 
But this is a piece of a much bigger trend as well. And I was reading recently, I'm sort of fascinated by the education sphere. I spent a lot of time in academia. I have a child that's starting school and education is something that's really interesting to me. And I was reading recently about the trends in learning, how you know there was this great explosion of online courses. The Basically, the greatest courses in the greatest universities have all been made free on the internet, and yet they have this abysmal completion rate. So, you know, someone with an internet connection in the middle of anywhere can, you know, take CS50 at Harvard, which is considered to be, I think, the most popular computer science class in the history of the world, right? It's this really good class. Like I've, I've taken this class online. It's incredible. It's a wonderful course. And yet we don't see those kinds of completion rates. And they, they've now created a Facebook page and they have ways for people who are taking the course to interact with each other and not just passively watch a video of this course being taught. And I think that there is a trend overall. I was reading in online education, like the future of online education is going to be this hybrid model. The future of education, the future of university level education is going to be this hybrid model where it's combining online lectures with in-person study groups or in-person sections. And that there is this real sweet spot that happens where you can get the best teachers in the entire world to lecture, you know, to to lecture online and to so that anyone with an internet connection can access those lectures, but yet that's not enough. You you then also need these local or interactive components to that. I think it's just being human, right? Like we don't function in solitary situations with screens in front of us all day. And I think that's just the nature of who we are. Yeah. That's why that's is so successful. Yeah, but it also means that we can benefit from, from technology in the way that you can have the best faculty yeah. or the best teachers in the world actually teaching Access the core them. content mm-hmm. so that you don't need this a new professor in every college or university in the world teaching the exact same intro to whatever class right like you can you can consolidate some of that because of technology but then you still as you're saying you need to you need the human element of connection so how do you get the best of both sides how do you get the best of analog and the best of digital and i think that Looking for that balance and that sweet spot is what we are as a society and as a culture doing right now. Like that's our mission for this generation. I also look at it from the teacher side so that if I am the one creating the course content, it is kind of important not to just stay, you know, create it and then leave it. It's really important to be in contact with your students because things change out there and it's so great to listen to them and hear them and make changes or change your advice up as you go along. So it's not just from the student side, but from the teacher side too. Let's give them some examples of what we are seeing out there that's working with that. And it's not just talking. It's also like analog holding things in your hand too, right? That are combining with digital. So yeah, so we can, we've talked a little bit in other episodes about some of this stuff, but this idea of having, for example, a membership or a subscription that has both an online component, online coursework or online trainings, as well as a physical component. So Kate Case, who we featured on our podcast, she has a subscription box that is both an online course within Namastream as well as a physical box of oils and smudge sticks. And it's it's called Ritual Box and it's lovely and, and wonderful. And then we also, I use a similar, a similar model product in the Crafters Box, which is one of my favorite brands. And they have an online course every month where they teach a specific art or crafting technique. And then they send you the box, the exact box of supplies and tools that you need to fulfill that project, right? So you can make the handbag or make 
the leather tote or make learn how to screen print or whatever it is, it's a different tool and a different set of supplies every single month. And then you get the video training as well. And then there's a podcast that goes along with it. And then there's a maker's chat where it's an interactive webinar. I mean, it's really this beautiful marriage of digital and analog. And I think it works. It works yeah, masterfully. Really cool. If I was just getting this box in the mail and I had to follow some like printout of instructions, instructions. it would be so sad. I mean, I would probably still do it because I love my, I love to get my crafting on, (laughs) but it wouldn't be nearly as amazing as watching this person, this like master craft craftswoman in her studio showing me how she does it. Right. And then I have everything in front of me that she has on her desk and I can do it. Oh my gosh. The the happiness that I get from this crafter's boxes, (laughs) like (laughs) surpassed by nothing, but like, there are a bunch of these examples and there's there are kits for kids around science and STEM learning. There are so many examples of this stuff popping up where it's the combination of online program and offline offering. And I just think that's the future. That's like the next big trend. Yeah. Another trend I see is there used to be a lot of online summits. So around a particular area, it would all be experts gathered and they would do some kind of video chat. And now the trend is like, let's meet in person, you know, and like, let's actually go back to old school conferences and everyone gathers together and people are just so hungry for that face to face real time conversation, I think. Yeah. And then uh, for many of these conferences, there is a digital component where there is a Facebook group or there is a mighty network for that, or there is some sort of way for people to connect and get to know each other or create masterminds or whatever, who go to that, yeah, who stay connected or who get connected ahead of time before the live event. So just in your own business, I think start to think about how you can marry these two ideas or you have a retreat, for example, but then at post retreat, there's an online course that's a follow up or a stay connected group or something. Like there are so many ways to marry online and offline or digital and analog. And I think if you really think critically about your own business and where there's some room for creativity there, you're in a very good position to sell your next offering because that is what people are looking for. Absolutely. Okay. Let's end it with our joy and hustle. Okay. You've got the joy. The joy is one of my favorite Instagram accounts, and there is nothing else to say about it other than I love, love, love just simply looking at these photos. And the Instagram account is the underscore shopkeepers. And I think there's something about these curated accounts that like it's the same thing as accidentally Wes Anderson. It's somebody like everyone's just sending in these photos for approval and someone's putting these together and they're beautiful. And it's just these shop these shop uh, storefronts inside the stores all over the world. It's just gorgeous. And there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah, I know. And I, it's just, I love it. I love it too. And I just want to look at it all day. It's like the most wonderful break or way to ta- just take a few minutes and just enjoy a platform like Instagram for what it's really made for. I think these are the kinds of reasons that make this technology beautiful and good. You know, counterbalanced, of course, with all of the other <laughs> negative things that yeah. come along with it. Okay, hustle. Okay, the hustle for today is Zoom. And we are recording this podcast in Zoom right now. And we are in Zoom and on Zoom all the time and have been for years and years. Um, That's how we started working together because we work in different countries, right? And we're collaborating all day, every day. And it only made sense to integrate Zoom into Namastream once we realized that was possible. We have another technology that we've built inside our platform for live streaming 
but it didn't have the same functionality as Zoom. And so for the past seven months, we've been working on building a partnership and an integration with Zoom. And now it's here. It's part of Namastream. If you have a Zoom account, you can integrate with Namastream. And there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff you can do to build out these kind of hybridized online products with using some analog interaction as well. And I love Zoom. And it's $15 a month for a basic account. You can screen share. It has archived cloud recording. I mean, there's you can do webinars with Zoom with a higher plan. Zoom is a really powerful technology for meeting. I would never go back to Skype or anything I had used in its place yeah, ever it's again. it's all terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the team that runs this company is doing a really good job. So... You know, we love Zoom and we're proud to have built this integration. And that one, I want that to be our hustle because if you don't already have a Zoom account, I think it's a critical $15 a month expense for your business if you run any kind of online business whatsoever. And, you know, I don't even ta- use my phone. Like, I just Zoom with people. Like, any com- time we have a meeting with anyone, it's always in Zoom. And it's just because we can see each other and see each other in our own space, in our own environment, it's so much more humanizing to interact this way. So it really allows you to run a functional online business from anywhere on the planet that has an internet connection because you're getting that same sort of, I think, psychological interaction. Those needs are being filled. Yeah, absolutely. Love Zoom. And the integration just went live this week. So we are super excited to watch what our clients are going to do with the Zoom integration and their digital offerings. Yep. All right, folks, we will see you next time. Hey, thanks, Jenny. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free.